Hello? Hello, is this Marianne Pinzero? Hi, Jay Michaels. How are you? If I'm on the line, you're on the air. I am doing like everyone else is. How are you? Um, it is a gorgeous day out. Under normal circumstances, this dance captain would be teaching company class, having that last cup of coffee, and gearing up for a performance of Guys and Dolls. <sighs> My favorite musical in the world, by the way, bar none, is Guys and Dolls. So when you wrote that, I was like, okay, got to call her. Got to call her now. So and uh, it's, it's a tremendous, it's a, it had been a tremendous opportunity. The choreographer is Thomas Netter, and he is fabulous. He's new on the scene. Uh, Father Kareem directing a whole new team for the company that we normally work with. And they brought a whole new vision to the production. Oh, that's new gorgeous. talent came on board. So this 55-year-old dance captain was collaborating with a 23-year-old choreographer. <laughs> and he was showing no mercy, let me tell you. It wasn't, oh, you're old, just stand around and take my notes. It was, okay, who's absent today? Get in there. Good. The track. Good. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's a, an interesting kind of day. Because we're so, you know, I, I know you feel this. Oh, yeah. We're all slowing in pace when we're all used to being like freight trains. Right. So so all Is of your day... Is that with artists? Oh, completely. You know? If we could only move as fast as our minds, we'd be in great shape. But So the only part of your day is that last cup of coffee that you could still have. Um, how are you coping? Well, it's, funny. It's, it's funny how life pushes you forward. So, I am a teacher. I teach for the Yonkers Department of Parks and Recreation. Normally, on a Saturday, I would be teaching, and normally, at this time of night, I would be thinking ahead to the next part of the week, um, thanks to Tara Conti and Jennifer Batts over at Project Friends. Um, the interesting thing is, coping with not knowing that my developmentally disabled and abled, young people will know that I have not just left them, that they are very much in my thoughts and grateful for the progress they had been making. We were teaching them how to maintain eye contact, remember choreography, uh, read out loud, act out different sections of different readings, such as Dear George, Dear Mary, a book written by um, Mary Calvi, mm -hmm. and as diverse as Frozen. So, um, I, in, in that sense, it's a different thought process for me, where I would never not teach unless I was ill. Here we are. Are you able to keep in touch with them? Have you sent out emails or, or is there Facebook or anything like that I, so they know you're there? Yeah. I am on Facebook. My page is open. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have gotten messages. Um, and it's interesting how life pushes you forward. Um, Paige Frazier, who is a dancer currently on the national tour of the Lion King, also president, uh, CEO, and founder of the Paige Frazier Foundation, had reached out. She she had an idea to collaborate on a project, and this it, it was a very very good period of time in my life that Paige and I worked in the same dance company. So even in looking at that and what that entails. It's interesting how life keeps thrusting us forward, you know. So while I while I am coping, um, not as well as I would like to be, 
somehow or another that tidal wave of positivity is pushing me forward. And yet, there are grave concerns as well. Of course. How's it pushing you forward? How, what's... In, in terms of the positive aspects of this, um, one, of the, one of the functions uh, in my daily work is I volunteer for the Crestwood Library and Z Baird is the branch manager. We're all on Zoom now, oh. participating in meetings on Zoom. So that is positive because now I'm learning a new platform. Uh, taking dance class with Madame Tef Madowski, who is a renowned ballet teacher worldwide to legions of fans. In the original company of Fiddler on the Roof, oh. taking her dance class and just seeing her again and hearing her voice has just been uh, an amazing opportunity. So in that sense, it has been positive, connecting and reconnecting and meeting you, certainly. <laughs> this is, Thank this you. is just amazing because you're a big hero of mine, giving everybody a platform and voice to, to express ourselves. You are most kind. Thank you. So the question is, is would this have come up? I, I don't know. Maybe I would have been off doing Guys and Dolls. Maybe you and I would have met in another way. But certainly... Um, the very nature, I think, of life is that life, it is a tidal wave, and we are moving very rapidly and ever in different directions. It, it's wonderful that you have this positive outlook. Uh, I, I speak I, I, the 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 level of of positivity and negativity has has jumped up and down by each phone call I make. So Absolutely. so yeah, they're, they're, someone will get on there and say, "Oh yeah, everything's fine. The sun will come out tomorrow. It's all great." Someone else will be like, "Are you kidding? Let me tell you what the world's going to be like when we're done." Uh, uh, I, there, I hear so much of that. Concerns. Yeah, no, and there's definitely concerns. I do work for the Yonkers Department of Parks and Rec. We are on hiatus. Yeah. Um, and, you know, working with, with the Crestwood Library, that's a different, that's a whole different uh, collaboration. And then again, working on Guys and Dolls, of course, our big hope is that we're all going to stay together and see if this plays out at another time. That was going to be my big question, if because uh, what you're doing, I think, is, is fabulous, and you're doing it with my favorite play. So, uh, will it open? Are you planning? Uh, is is it one of those situations? I've had some, uh, I've had some producers and authors who've said, "Okay, that's it. It's not going to happen." I've had others who said, "That's okay. It'll open in July. It'll open in September. It'll open in 2021. Whenever." Are, are, are you of the latter? Are you going to? Is it opening whenever it happens? Oh, that is that is such a wonderful question. So, we had a rehearsal. Um, the week of the 11th, and then and Father Kareem said we are going to keep going for as long as we are able. And Nick, one of our actors in the show, who's also musical director for Lion King Jr., for the same company, said, by now, you know, you know that the Lion King will be postponed. And seeing the young lady playing young Nala, her name is Maureen, I've this is a ray of sunshine in life. I have never seen her sort of be pensive and to see her in that pensive moment um, I thought to myself I do I do hope with all my heart that these projects do move forward maybe at my age it, I could be a little more philosophical but I would like for the young people who've worked so hard on across the board if you're on high school uh, it, there's a, a Facebook page high school high school musical directors um one of one of the directors just donated her confessions to the hospitals. I believe it's Kim Bent. Uh -huh. I mean, what a gracious gesture. Uh -huh. We have not been told that we're canceled yet, 
but we haven't had rehearsals through Zoom, and we haven't heard anything yet either. Right, right. So, so there um, has been no, no, no position taken one way or the other. A big cast on that. You really need to to have a, a thought on it. I've heard of, of smaller projects that that can that can even perform online, uh, but in terms of, of rehearsing a big project, that's that takes a lot more thought. Uh, Especially because Thomas's choreography is so it's gorgeous, it's so intricate and wonderful, and right on the music you would love. As a guys and dolls fan, as a lesser fan, you would love it. Um, I certainly would. Oh my goodness! Of we definitely, we definitely would be challenged if we were working on Zoom because, as you know, there's a delay in the in the um, in the sound. Yes. So that affects yes. the timing a little bit. Would we do it if we had to? Would I do it if I had to? Absolutely. Good. Very good. But um, we're going to see where this, you know, we're going to see where this goes. Definitely. What's, um, I, I, now, now, now you're of my generation, so, so we, we have the, the sage wisdom from the Nixon administration, the Reagan administration, 9-11 AIDS, and all that other oh fun stuff that happened during our lifetime. Uh, but I've we, never we, seen. We really went through... Exactly. You know, you know when, when I don't want to interrupt you. Finish that's okay. That I was going to say we've never seen something like this. Uh, there, there's the expression "okay, boomer," where people think that we don't know what we're talking about. Sorry, live through what we did. Walk a mile in my shoes, and then tell me, tell me what happens after you go through Vietnam and 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 and, and wow. Desert Storm and everything else that have happened in our lifetimes. Uh, uh, what's going to happen? I remember studying. I remember studying at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Thanks to Jim Stenborg, who had gotten me, who had helped me get admitted in the first place, and Stephen Silverstein. Um, and I was walking in New York and thinking how lucky I was to be able to attend attend such a prestigious school and be able to go on auditions and learn about the Broadway Dance Center and how to audition and how to carve out a career. And then the AIDS epidemic struck. Yep. And... We lost so many gifted and talented and beautiful people. And what was the government input at that time? When we went through the crack ep epidemic, I then I had decided to go into teaching, and I worked for Greenberg Eleven, serving the Children's Village in Dobbs Ferry, New York, which is a residential treatment facility. Mm -hmm. Many of our students were um, neglected or abandoned by their parents, either due to crack addiction or loss of life due to AIDS. Ugh. So it's, we can't say, and I was only supposed to be there for a couple of weeks, and I stayed 25 years. Of course you would. It was a very powerful experience, right? Very powerful experience. We started a theater program there um, through the generosity of um, my principal at the time, was Myron Rock, and he was all for it. And you, we saw all of those transitions as we moved from the AIDS epidemic and crack, then we moved into 9-11. That was... I think, yeah. just like this one, absolutely glorious, and out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and then that started a whole new discussion of what is the government doing? How are we helping ourselves? Are we ready for a crisis? And in each time, we're not. You realize that we really are not. We're trying to be. Okay. We're not, uh, we're not where we need to be. I was going to ask you, I wasn't going to ask you this question. This one I usually ask... When I speak to, I've, I've spoken to two amazing medical professionals who wrote who wrote the book on 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 AIDS, and and now they've been called back into duty by uh, by Governor Cuomo to uh, uh, to help us now to to find a vaccine. Uh, I I normally ask them uh, 
them this question, but you have been around, you have seen it, and you're implying it already. Uh, so I'm definitely mm-hmm. asking, and and you've been there, you've been there on the bright lights and whatever else. Why is the government not paying attention? I'm a kook and a conspiracy theorist when I want to be. Uh, I read everything. So why, why, why is it when things like this happen in New York or wherever? It's like we're the we're the last to be taken care of. Why is that? What do you think? Do you remember? Do you remember the turn in dramatic uh, writings? plays such as Laundry and Bourbon that dealt with the consequences of Vietnam. Then there was a play that uh, dealt with the consequences of Agent Orange. Then we had the plays that, that came out of 9-11, most, most importantly, um, Come From Away. And now we are here. Yeah. I think it's happening so fast. The illness is happening so fast. It's progressing so fast. It almost feels like everyone's trying to figure out how to run the next play and writing the playbook as it happens. That the game's not going the way we've all planned, and now we have to figure out another way, and we have to figure it out really quickly. I'm wondering, I I remember some years ago we had the episode with the mosquitoes that were carrying disease. Right, right. And I'm thinking to myself, why aren't we spraying out areas you know, to possibly kill anything that's in the air, especially since this disease stays on surfaces, cardboard, I think it's 24 hours. And, and, and metal, metal, it's days. Four to seven days. Yeah. Yeah, it's days. But now, now yeah, people... So the question becomes why, where are we going in terms of prevention, in terms of killing this off? Right. Why, we, we've seen it in China first, then we've seen devastation yeah. in Italy. Uh, and, and you're saying we were gobsmacked. Did was the government gobsmacked? Did they not think it would come here? You bring up a very good point. I am Italian. My friend is Italian, and we've been speaking to each other on Facebook Messenger. She said, "Be inside your house. Don't go out. Just because your numbers are low, don't mean that they're not going to get higher." Right. And Anna Santilli, you are absolutely right. On two weeks, two weeks to that conversation, our numbers have gone up. There was a headline in the day we, the, the week we tragically lost Kobe Bryant and his beautiful daughter. If you look at the page, it's on Facebook. If you look at the page that announces Kobe's um, death, you'll see to the left of that. The headline reads something along the lines of um, "Profession scrambling to find a cure for coronavirus." Oh my god! And that that was when Kobe Bryant passed away. Right. So we are. What is that? Six weeks, possibly six weeks ago. I think so. Yes. That's a long. As fast as we are able to figure some things out, we should be able to figure this out. For example. We have the issue with the mosquitoes. It, it's a pesticide. It got sprayed. We were all told, told we had to be inside. And it started to kill off that horrific disease that you get when mosquitoes bite you. Right. I'm wondering why, and this isn't the first time we've had an epidemic of a virus of some kind. Right. It's not the first time a bad stomach virus has gone around or a bad strain of the flu has gone around. It, we're not, this is not the first time this has happened. So the question becomes, is what is happening in terms of safeguarding all of us? We're talking about the economy. You don't have an economy if people aren't well enough to go spend money. Right. Or alive enough to go spend money. 
you know? Yeah. You, um, definitely we want to support restaurants and our friends who, who are in the industry and support themselves by singing in nightclubs and singing in bars and thinking of all these talented people. I mean, Katie Sullivan, Karen, Karen Mason, Melissa Mulder, all these fabulous people. Um, and Neely from Cats, right? Right. How do we support these people if we're not feeling up to being able to go out and get a takeout menu and keep that restaurant open so those singers can go back to to um, to their art? This is not the first time. It's the first time we've seen a crisis like this, but it's not the first time we've seen a So is it that this is moving too fast or are we moving too slow? I think we are. I think we are greatly underestimating the speed at which this virus is traveling, and we are moving woefully slow to get those supports in place. Uh-huh. Simple things like masks. Yeah, our medical profession is dealing with lack of masks. They are in, in warehouses. Home Depot sells them. Uh, Lowe's sells them. Where are they now? That's really interesting. I, I, uh, like, where are those gloves? They're made already. They're in boxes, and they're stored. Where are they? Why are they coming to us? Now, and I'm just using Home Depot and of course, as an example. Of course. But many, many people are disseminating their equipment out and giving it away and donating it. But after 9-11, here's where it comes to. After 9-11, we should have been alert and aware to the next need for masks, gloves, gas masks, not protecting our fire department. Now it's our health care workers. Um, I see that correlation between disaster with 9-11 and disaster with this and not making the connection that we should be preventative in our care. Nor are we forward thinking. You, you, you bring up the interesting point. It's like, okay, yes, we were attacked and that's that's in, 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 in the front of this, but but how many people took ill because of the various chemicals and, and, and everything that entered the air uh, in downtown Manhattan? Why, why wasn't there someone who said, let's, okay, what do we do about this? Our superintendent of schools at the time turned around and said, the rate of loss of life is going to be at least 10,000. And someone else kind of scoffed at the idea, and I said, no, she's actually right. People yeah. are breathing in toxic material. Of course. I volunteered for the Millwood Fire Department, and when I came home that night, I said to my mom, you know, we may have to go down there, but for now, let's go to Millwood and see what the projection's going to be. It turned out Millwood was not invited to go all the way down to ground zero because we were a smaller outfit. So we packed up the fire department trucks. They went down Maxima on, I think, 125th. And then we started the next round of gathering and packing supplies. If I had gone down to ground zero that night, and I wouldn't have said no. I wouldn't have. In my desire to help, I know I wouldn't have said no. I would have gone. I would have been going down there with my Millwood Fire Department t-shirt on and my cell phone and my cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And I would have been hoping for the best. Uh, I don't think Dunkin' Donuts coffee is a good gas mask. (laughs) 9-11 maybe could have taught us to prepare a little better for this type of emergency so that our healthcare workers would have masks, would have gloves, would have protective attire that might keep this disease off of their skin. Because my question is, 
when we were coping with 9-11, many chiropractors were going down to adjust the, the service dog's backs while they were looking for for um, loss of life or people who might still be alive. Right. The firefighters were absolutely exhausted. People were going down and giving them water and attending to them um, at the site. That At that point, we needed the masks and gloves and professional attire to keep these hazardous materials off of us. We're in the same situation now as if 9-11 and what we may have learned from it had not happened. Oh, you're right. Wow, you've just given me something to think about. Wow. We are, we are not we are not forward thinking. We are not uh, uh, I, I I deal with a lot of uh, fantasy film uh, filmmakers and and so we're not we're not even thinking fantastically. Okay, what happens if this happens? What do we need to create? What do we need to do for the next one, the next bigger one? You bring up such a valuable you point. See, you do see it in the movies. I was working with a guy named Pat Serrato on his film called Pesticide. Mm-hmm. And um, I wound up playing, it was very exciting, I played a character named Dr. Saratoga who was looking at an attack of bugs that had mutated. And even in that movie, the discussion came up, what if this really happened? What if there really was a mutation of of insect life and they were this dangerous? What would we do? And of course we had the scene in New York where we were all running away from the mutated bugs, and I actually got to direct that crowd scene. It was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, that's! Cool. And when you look at, I think fantasy filmmakers, honestly, it's a wonderful genre, and I'd love to be more a part of it. But they have their finger more on the pulse than maybe this dance captain from Guys and Dolls. I'm thinking, how do I, how do I smile and razzle dazzle in a costume that maybe would have looked better if I'd thought to lose five more pounds? <laughs> <laughs> My, then I should have lost that weight. That's my idea of being forward-thinking, whereas a fantasy filmmaker is already dealing with catastrophic behavior of animals, catastrophic weather behavior, people mutating, and the consequences of that. You know, you look at something like even Little Shop of Horrors, where this plant just keeps going and going. It's almost, it's almost reminiscent of what this virus looks like. Oh my! I, it's so funny. I I wouldn't even imagine such a parable, but that's exactly right. I I I have to tell you, I I wouldn't be able to see the movie that you did. I have a dread fear of bugs. Uh, I, I I I I could have a rat for a pet. I don't care, but don't put bugs in front of me. I watched a I watched another one, another movie similar to that many years ago called The Hephaestus Plague. And it was about these roaches that basically came from the center of the earth. And I was terrified for weeks. Oh, my God. So, so oh, oh, mutated bugs. Okay, well. Don't you think that if people think that, that it could actually happen? Of course it could. Of course it could. Oh, my God. If we look at, if we look at history, ancient history, if we look at animals of, of thousands of millions of years ago, uh, and, and now we could see what evolution does. And considering what we do to the, to the whole world... Holy mackerel, and uh, imagine what creatures we're creating. Exactly. Uh, you, and nobody's, got their aware, nobody's more aware of that than people who work in science, people who work in the government, and fantasy filmmakers. That's exactly right. That's They're exactly all right. interconnected. And anyone who's writing fantasy film and celebrating all that is fantasy film, I guarantee you they have their finger on the pulse in terms of knowledge with how politics works. I think that's brilliant. I'm going to quote you on that. 
Oh, I'm going to quote you on that. Uh, you remember Dick Tracy, yes? Oh, yeah. He yeah. had a two-way wristwatch. And, yeah. and it had a little computer on it and everything like that. And he could talk to people and whatever else. And everybody looked at that yeah. like this amazing, hilarious thing that only find in comic books. Well, the next time someone puts on their Apple Watch, then that'll be that. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted it two-way. I thought it was so fabulous. Oh, I love it. And now it. they make them for women that are very stylish. <laughs> they make them for men that are very stylish. You know, and you're absolutely right. I think if you look at science and you look at politics and social justice and the arts, they are very much woven together. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, you, you, you were very kind to mention so many performers and how we, uh, what are we going to do to help support them and whatever. You, you, you walk so many different lines, which is wonderful to ask you this question. Uh, what's the art world going to be? When, when the smoke clears and the curtains rise, uh, what yeah. will be the new Broadway? What will be the new off-Broadway? What will be the new regional, community, educational? In terms of the arts, what's the new one uh, post, post-COVID-19? I think COVID-19 is going to bring to um, people who are training to be directors and theater educators how to move in different platforms online. That is now going to be mandatory. It's not any longer going to be, oh, well, we're just going to do a live performance and, you know, our friend Sal is going to videotape it and that's going to be the end of it. It's, technology is going to be at the forefront of theater education as well as education, academic education as well. I think Broadway, I'm already thinking working on, of working on a play, gathering people's mon, you know, experiences and turning them into monologues and doing it as a reader's theater with my friend Chris Sheeran over at the Crestwood Library. Uh -huh. I, we won't make it to, I don't think we'll make it to Broadway, but for sure we'll make it to the Crestwood Library, you know, adult reading room and ask people to share their experiences and read them out. And I think definitely a musical is going to come of this just like Les Miserables was created of course. and come from away. I think many people are going to be writing poetry and songs and plays that are reflective of this very serious time. We're going to be like the Phoenix. We're going to rise from the ashes. It is going to take time. After 9-11, Broadway only closed for two days. Right. We are now at, almost, we're now going on, what is it, three weeks? Since Broadway is closed, yes, I, I, it's like two weeks, I think, since Broadway has closed. You're right. Two weeks. Yep. We closed for two days after 9-11. We are now on two weeks, and we're not opening next week either. So the question is going to become what fundraisers are going to take place for healthcare um, personnel who are going to need help with their bills, uh -huh. you know, because they may not be able to work. Just like we had to put together fundraisers for the firemen's fund. Right. What? Uh, do you know anybody at the Westchester Broadway Theater? It's um, run by... Um, I remember Bill. it many, many years ago. I, I auditioned there, and I do knew, I knew people there, oh my gosh, what is now about yep. 30 years ago, uh, when it was called An Evening Dinner Theater or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, the same I, owners. I've not been, I've not been there in 100 years. Oh, really? The same owners? Okay, then... It's actually um, Bob Funking and Bill Stutler. Oh, then I, yeah, yeah, then I know together, them. United We Stand, as a fundraiser for the fire the firefighters and the healthcare practitioners to put money into a fund to, to help. I see that happening again with this. I think Broadway is going to become a vehicle for charitable works to happen, to be helpful to people. I definitely think the actors 
people are going to be fundraising for the Actors Fund because they are so generously helping young performers and older performers with finances. Chip DeFeo, I mean, I'm sure you know him. He's a writer. Um, he's written for The Post. He has... Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's a composer and a writer. He's, he's on Facebook a lot, and he's such a positive light. I would imagine he, he and his friends would be in dialogue somehow to think, how can we help other people? And I think that's what's going to come of all of this. Broadway's always been helpful, just like we we raise money for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. I see this becoming Broadway Cares, Equity Fights the Coronavirus. I am so happy I spoke to you today. I have to say that. Uh, uh, I have heard every kind of answer, well, Broadway tickets going to raise, or no, everything's going to be lower, or there's going to be this, this. Everyone looks at the business, they said, okay, how's the show, how is the money, how's the whatever... Oh, of course, it's going to be a vehicle to raise hope. So, so we hope. we non-essential That's personnel are going to be very essential in the future. We're, you know, it's it's really funny. In the last twenty-four hours, I found out this non-essential person, who's you know a humble little teacher in Yonkers, and um, very fortunate to have very creative friends. We are essential in what we are doing to continue to push. Forward as life pushes us forward, not to push against it, but to go forward with it. So, you know, a friend of mine um, from the library does not drive, mm-hmm. so I've been driving her. We are six feet apart in my car with the windows open. Legend of being a car, good. Even that has made me feel so productive. Like I feel like I'm being productive to help her get her thermometer and her food for her family and herself. So she doesn't have to get in an Uber. You know, she knows I can come and get her. And we're doing all of our local shopping and keeping each other's spirits up. And it's a lot of laughs. It's listening to the radio and having conversations. And it's a very positive way to move through this. Might I come down with this virus? I might. But then I, I say to myself, well, then I'll at least say that it will have been worth it. Because I'm really trying to extend myself just one person at a time. Not that it'd be worth it to be sick, but I mean, it would be, it, it's worth it to try to stay forward. Almost, you know, it's almost worth it. It's not worth it to be sick, but it is worth it to try and and be helpful. Thank you. And hopeful. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. I'm, 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 I'm really taken by what you said. I, I've spoken to so many people and, and every once in a while I'll just hear a comment or something like that that changes my whole my whole outlook and and our entire conversation has done that. You're a wonderful human being. You're you're obviously a very talented and very ballsy human being. Um, and you give to so many people. You care so much. And and to the to the very last breath, you're you're you're, you're giving of yourself. You are absolutely marvelous. I'm going I'm going to tell my listeners if they do nothing else, they need to listen to this broadcast just to just to hear the positivity out of you. I wish you and your company the best of everything. Please, please, please send me any information on your company, on, on all the things you do over there, on guys and dolls, oh, for heaven's sake, please. And if it's reopening, I'm in the front row. When we reopen, we're going to send you a note. We're going to do a little sing-along for you, and we're going to send you a note, and it'll go on your Facebook page. Gladly, and I'll go you one better. When you're doing it, you tell me I'm sending a reviewer down. Uh, I, your show wow. needs to be seen because you need to be heard. 
uh, uh, thank you, bless you, uh, uh, good luck to everyone around you, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me today, you've, you made my day. Thank you. What a pleasure to get to know you. Yes, same it's here. Good. We've become friends, one more positive thing to come out of this day, right? There you go, you, are no, you, you are no longer one of my 4,000 close personal fa Facebook strangers, so, so it's really great. I love it. Keep it going with these podcasts. They are wonderful. I'm Thank learning you. a lot. I love Good. you. Thank and you. It was a blessing to, to have spoken to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Same here. Ciao. Be well. All right. Light and love.